Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you are all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all to be more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the world, the whole imperial guard, and all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of all, brothers, having begin, <clears throat> become confident in the Lord and my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach <clears throat> Christ with envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely thinking to afflict me with my punished imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in all that I rejoice. So, um, we may not have a sermon slide for today. So we savored all the great joy of a risen Christ last week, right? I wish every Sunday is like Easter. I feel like after Easter or after Christmas, I feel like um, after uh, concert, after big concert or something. Because those CEO people, Christmas, Easter only people, is not here anymore. And just regular, uh, the remnant, those active, faithful Christians, you are with me. Half empty or half full church. So anyway, I feel, I wish every Sunday is like Easter. In fact, in the early church, they celebrate every Sunday as, as Easter because they believe Jesus Christ will return soon. But what about today, 2,000 years after that first Easter? Do we really have that joy of risen Christ? That joy sustain us? Not even Sunday, but every day as a Christian. Do you worship with the joy of risen Christ? 
Can we rejoice in the Lord always? No. No, we can't. Maybe some of you can, but many of us, no, we can't. Because our life is hard and tough enough. And we are sorrowful sometimes enough. But Bible is full of saying, rejoice, be glad. Like Psalm says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad, be glad in it. Just the day. Because the day, right, we have every day. It's not a particular day. It's not Easter Sunday or Christmas Day. Just the day, every day, we must be glad in because God made it. Because we are created to rejoice. But how? When our lives are full of hardship and challenges. So I'd like to begin a new journey with Paul's letter to Philippians. Title, Joy Unchained. Because when he wrote this letter, he was in prison in Rome. Philippi is nowadays northern Greece. So you know how far from Rome to Greece. Right? But this letter, known as the letter of joy, even though this letter was known as the last letter before he was martyred by beheading, how could Paul write the letter of joy? from the prison as facing his imminent death, uncertainty. We're in the prison today with facing uncertainty as well, right? And we cannot escape this life of finite and fragility. Right. So how can we rejoice in the Lord always to be faithful, spiritual, and powerful to complete the mission Jesus given to us? How? So Paul begins his letter with introducing himself as the servant of Christ Jesus. Technically, the, the servant means doulos, which is like, like a slave, like labor, slave. It's not like today's employee with the freedom. You can quit. You can go home if you want. You can go sick, do the sick call, and you, know, you can have a vacation. But slave, the servant, is not. 
because Paul wanted to join the same faith of Jesus, because Paul introduced Jesus in chapter 2 as a servant. He said, though Jesus, he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, just like us, fragility and finite, in being in prison of this life. And Paul considered this is where his joy comes from, being servant of God, being servant of Christ. Because he prepares being tied up and do the work of Christ to being free but doing the work of the world. What would you like? Are you tied up for Christ Jesus or for the world? If we tied up by Jesus, then we are free from the world. And this is the joy of Christian. So Paul greets Philippians saying, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Not his peace and not his grace, but peace from Christ and the Lord and the God. What is grace? Grace. Oftentimes we, we, we use the word grace for unmerited favor, right? Unmerited favor. But in, in Greek it's a charis, which means more of a kindness, favor, and thankfulness. Basically it means the joy coming from the attitude of kindness and thankfulness. So Paul wants to greet Philippians from prison with the grace from God and peace from Christ. It's like a radiant countenance of God. Because it's God. He wants to greet people with the God's kindness, God's thankfulness. It's like God's big smile. He wanted to greet people from prison, being bound, and to the people in freedom. Interesting, right? And he greets with them peace. In Greek, it's irene, which means welfare of safetyness, health, satisfaction, right? But it is just like shalom in Hebrew. It is for peace. It is peace of communal and inclusive peace. Not individual and exclusive peace and happiness, 
just for me. So how do we greet one another? How do you greet people around you every day? With grace and peace? As self-centered? Or as communal? Grace and peace together. In verse 3, Paul starts praying. Because he's sincerely greeting Philippians with grace and peace. And he said, because he remembers them. Paul prayed, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy. It has been it has been 15 years since Paul planted the church in Philippi as the first church in Europe. And he left. After a few years he left and he built many churches. So it's been 15 years away from church in Philippi. But how come he remembered them with such a great affection? Because he remembers them. What you remember? Re. Again. Member. Remember. Let people remember again. Like the prodigal son left his home out of member of the family, took everything for him, and then he left, and he returned. Then what happened? Prodigal son's father embraced him, remembered him as a family member again, right? No condition, no penalty, no punishment, no judgment, nothing. Just father remembered his prodigal son as his son. Because father loves him and forgiven him. Actually, for father, he never took him out of his member, family. He's been waiting for so the joy comes from when we remember one another. Remembering others is the way to getting closer to God. I explained to my Wednesday Bible study people many times. So all the people are standing around the big circle and God is in the center. And everybody wants to get closer to God. But the way to close, get closer to God is we're getting closer to the people in the big circle. If we get closer to the big circle, other people, then the circle getting closer and closer, smaller and smaller and smaller. 
Some people, well, I'm sick of people. I'm sick of this world. I'm sick of that person. I'm sick of, I'm tired of this sinful world. I just want to just, you know, get closer to God. There's no way to just get closer to God without getting close to the people around you. So that's how remember them. How those people you remember, remember them again into your friendship, in your family, in your church, in your fellowship. That's how you get to closer to God. And he said, remembering is not just remember who they are or just their name, but pray for their every needs. Pray for their needs means if you can, you provide their needs. God has no hands. God has no purse. Right? We are his hands and foot. So do you remember people? Even those people in a broken relationship. You can't forgive that person. You can't accept that person. Do you remember them? If not, we, can, we are not getting closer to God. And Paul continues to praise. Because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Partnership. So remembering is partnership. In Greek, koinonia. Maybe you heard this word, koinonia. Oftentimes, churches translate the koinonia as a, a, a fellowship. So fellowship of church, we think about fellowship. Let's have a, a dinner together, right? Or having fun together, fellowship, play games together. No, it's not. It is serving together, ministering together. That's a fellowship, koinonia. How can Paul believe he is in the partnership with the Philippians, the church he left 15 years ago. Because Paul had been connected with them through letters after letters. This was not only letter he sent. And when the Philippians received his letter, they read with the people as a sermon, message. And they collect the money and send it to support Paul, his mission, all along, 15 years. They were connected. Why? Because the, the fellowship, partnership, koinonia, is empathy. The basics of a koinonia is a empathy. I feel your pain. I feel your thirstiness. I feel your homelessness. And that's mine. So it's compassion. We feel others' pain or joy, whatever their emotion, together. Compassion. 
So we did koinonia in March as open our door for the homeless people. We felt their needs and pain of the homelessness and opened our door. Right? Remember, God created the world, the whole universe without us, without you, without me. But God wants us to partnership with us in saving the world. Amen. How amazing, how great honor joining the creation, recreating the world. But saving the world is overwhelming responsibility. It's challenging, isn't it? Look at the world today. Do we ever have, have a really, can we have optimistic view for gospel and church in 21st century? Not a lot. Not a lot. But remember, the principal agent is not us. Of this partnership, of this remembering people, the principal agent is not me, it's God. Paul prays, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. See? Jesus began and he will complete it. And what is the good work? Good work. It is creative work. It's not you being creative, great idea, creative. No, it's a creation work. That's creative work. Because Jesus put our condition back to creation time before Adam and Eve commit the sin. Because he forgiven our sin. Amen. Where condition is moved back to in the Garden of Eden before sin. Because he just forgiven us. So we are in creation. We are in the Garden of Eden. We are in the presence of God. So we should continue to do what Adam and Eve been doing before their sin with God. So that's what we call creative work. Because Paul says in 2 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's what it means. We're a new creation. Then new creation was actually recreated, recreation by being restored to be to the innocence. Return to the innocence. But still, how can we participate in this new creation, creative work? Because, because God planted the eternal yearning for God in us, in you and me, and the people, all the people. The image of God, we, we say. The yearning, longing for God. 
If not, if was not, if God did not, no one can calling on his name. No one will seek God. Amen. Everybody on this planet looking for God, looking for divinity, right? And we believe we are the right path and right God. But everybody has this yearning for divinity. We are finite beings, but always dreaming for the infinite, infinity, somehow. Somehow, we're wondering about life after death. Because God planted the eternal yearning in us, so we call it transcendental idea or prevenient grace because God loved us by planting yearning on us by dying for us and God reckons our response to his love as a faith that's faith our response to God's love that's faith That is the question on your baptism. That was a question. That was a question in confirmation. So we all answer to God's grace. Then we must have a yearning of God. And do you believe God is doing good work in you? And do you believe God will complete the good work in you? We should, because God is doing, not us. But it is so sad, people in the world still in sin, still in darkness, still clueless who they are. Because they are living in the oblivion, they keep choosing, overriding their yearning for God, for sin. The desire of the flesh, they're overriding it. Ignore the yearning of God. Just simply being disobedient to God, but obedient to sin and death. So Paul pleaded the Philippines, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the heart of Christ Jesus. There's a two Greek word he using for heart. The first one is heart. So the Bible, English translation, so I hold you in my heart, cardia, my heart. But second one is more of an internal organ, more of an intestine. Because Hebrew people believe that there's no greater pain than you cutting your intestine or twisting your intestine. So they believe the heart or affection, love, is in the intestine. 
So Paul says, I hold you. I reckon you as with my heart. This is how we hold one another, the heart of Christ. Not with my reason, experience, knowledge. Have you ever loved someone with your heart? Then you know how. It, it doesn't, so it means holding each other when you love regardless. He or she is in trouble or successful, rich or poor, whatever, uncertain or certain, doesn't matter because you love the person with your heart. But what if you love the people with the heart of Christ? We just celebrated. It's amazing love. And Paul desired to love the Philippians with the heart of Christ. But if we try to love, hold one another with our brain, our reason, our experience, then we can do the work. We can do the good work, the creative work. We cannot remember them. We cannot respect them. Right? We cannot save them. You know, the people in the world are struggling with depression, boredom, frustration, just idling, just idleness, hopelessness, low self-esteem, you name it. People are struggling in the world. Because they're disconnected. Disconnected in relationship. Disconnected in time. Because the event, something happened in their relationship. So they were disconnected. And something happened in the past, so they were disconnected from their childhood, from their marriage, from their whatever the former event in the past, time in the past, they're disconnected. So people are, today's people are all fragmented, like a puzzle. Everybody is like a puzzle, like 5,000 piece puzzle. And what Christ did, put together. You can put together. You don't have to worry about your past. You don't have to worry about the person in broken relationship. You cannot even forgive because I forgive the person. So we can put our puzzle together. Unless you put puzzle together, you don't know who you are. You don't know how you, you look like, right? So the mission of the church is connecting people. Not just you selectively, you favor people, you connect. You connect people. My former member, you know, the long time, my first church, he was, he told me something amazing thing. He's a young man. And he said he go to Wawa every, every morning to get a coffee before he go to work. I mean, the, he's not a rich guy. 
But he said, Pastor, what I do is really, I want to start day with the Lord. So he always pay for the person next after him. Every day. I hope, you know, that they don't really buy big stuff, you know, expensive stuff in Wawa, right? But anyway, he paid for the coffee or, or breakfast, lunch, whatever they get. And they, of, of course, they say, why you pay for me? Oh, just, you know, I, I, just, I, I just like to. If you don't want, you know, it's okay. We need to connect people. But we don't even connect the people we've known. Even in a church. Connecting is like pray for them, for their every needs. Connecting the people is remembering them. Remember them. Respect them. Look, them, look at them again. That's connection. That's what we do. That's the mission of a church. But we must be careful in our mission connection because church is not only a good place, great place for us, but it is great, great place for devil, the Satan. Because Satan tried to manipulate our love and our grace and abuse our connection in love and trust. So Paul said, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. So be pure, blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So in our ministry, in our living as Christian, we must have knowledge and discernment by the intimacy of God. Intimacy with God, that's how we do we do two things, personal devotion and corporate worship, those two. It is a basic, fundamental basic for Christian. During the weekdays, you have to have your personal devotion, personal worship with God. It has to be daily. I recommend you daily. Daily reading scripture, daily prayer, daily meditation. It doesn't matter 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. You have to have a daily personal devotion for the intimacy of God. Without it, mm -mm, you don't have knowledge and discernment of God. You're being manipulated by people. And also, like Sunday, or whatever that day, like worship together, we could cooperate worship. We worship together. It's essential So, are you in the intimacy with God? Like Paul called the Philippians as the saints in Philippi. We're all saints. Right? We're not in Catholic Church, so it's okay. We are all saints. We are holy people. We are holy people. Because you know, because of me, no. Because you are blameless, because you are, your life is flawless, no, because Jesus. Amen. Jesus is living for you. You're dead, I am dead. For Christ, I am dead. Long time ago. But Christ lives in you. That's why we are saints. 
in church of Ephrata. So we live passively. Because we are confined in flesh and blood, it is inevitable being weak, sick, being manipulated, being hurt, and being deprived, and colliding with another car. Right? And we are not sure what we are doing. But, but, let's live actively. Let's live actively. Because we acknowledge the Lord is a principal agent of our life, and He is doing good work in us. Amen? You are doing good work. You are doing great work. As you know, the world is getting darker and darker, you become brighter and brighter. You know what I'm saying? So I believe today is the greatest day of you know, evangelism. Right? You know, maybe 1960, 1950, you know, every, when everybody go to church, going to church is not a big deal. You should go to church, right? But today it's not. You go to church, that's a big deal. Young people say, why? Why do you go to church? Right? So we should claim, even though we don't know, we're not sure we're doing the right thing or not, but we should claim our fundamental joy and confess. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. Think about you. You are nothing but claim, proclaim Christ. Right? I mean, your achievement, your, your, how much in your saving account, how, much, how beautiful house you live, it doesn't matter. That doesn't change the people around you. But you changing them, your character, your intimacy with God, who you are, in brightness, who you, who you are, you are claiming, proclaiming Christ. And Paul said, in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Let's rejoice. Amen? And let us sing the closing hymn, 519 of the hymn. Lift every voice and sing. every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring ring with the harmonies of liberty let our rejoicing Oh.
send you with this world from Paul once again he said in Romans so who will separate us from the love of Christ because nothing nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord nothing amen